Hello, my friend. I am Denise Renner, and I'm so glad that you're with me. My program is called Time with Denise Renner, and I value your time and that you would spend it with me. But I believe I have something very powerful and needful to hear that in these last days, we need to be strong and to be strong. We need to know that our God is compassionate. He's compassionate if we're exhausted. He's compassionate if we're discouraged. He's compassionate if we want to give up. All those kind of things come to all of us. You know, it says in James chapter 5 that Elijah, the prophet, had like passions just like you and me. And Elijah, what an amazing thing he went through. He had just called down fire on the sacrifices of Baal. And he had just put the sword through 400 prophets of Baal. Then he calls down rain from heaven. It hadn't rained in three and a half years. And then he says, let it rain, and it rains. Then he outruns a chariot because of the rain getting so, so very strong. He outruns a chariot, and then look what happens. And that's what's so familiar to all of us. That's why James chapter 5 says that, that the same passions that Elijah had are the same passions that you and I have. That you and I, we have the ability to do great things and then something comes along, some kind of trial, and we're like, is this when I'm supposed to give up? I'm ready to give up. Well, I want you to see what this great man of God, Elijah, we all admire him in the Bible, what happened with him after he had did all these great and wonderful miracles. So in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. So now Ahab is telling Jezebel, Oh, and your prophets that you're so proud of, the 400 of them that you use to worship Baal, well, they're all dead because Elijah put the sword through each one of them. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life, talking about Elijah, as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She was threatening the life of Elijah. And you know what Elijah did? This great man of God, great man of God, that had just done so many exploits. Look what happens in verse 3. And when he saw that he arose, that's when he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4. But he himself went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree or a juniper tree. And he prayed that he might die. 
so discouraged. And he said, it's enough. I've had enough. I'm finished. I'm not doing any more. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah's asking God to kill him. Elijah's saying, I'm no better than anybody else. Just take my life. I'm done. Lying emotions, but I want to say that when you're exhausted, absolutely exhausted, Elijah's exhausted physically, emotionally, mentally. He is exhausted. And he just hears one word from one bad woman. I'm going to kill you. Your life is going to be gone by this time tomorrow. And Elijah just takes off running, gets under a juniper tree. It's in the wilderness. Now, this was not a pretty place to be, the wilderness, because juniper trees grow only where there are rocks. So he's around rocks. He's in the wilderness. He's under this juniper tree. And he says, God, I'm done. Take my life. Have you ever wanted to quit before it was time to quit? Have you ever wanted to just stop and say, I can't take anymore? Well, Elijah, according to James chapter 5, has the same passions that you and I have. And he felt those very same things. Now, what did God do? That's what I want to talk to you about. Compassion. God has so much compassion. So it says in the next verse, then as he lay and slept under the broom tree or the juniper tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, get up and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coal. So it was like hot bread and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he laid down again. What did Elijah need? He needed, he needed some rest. He needed some nourishment. He was exhausted and God brought to him exactly what he needed. And that's what I want to say to you, friend, is that when we're exhausted, ready to give up. And I'm sure some of you, oh my gosh, some of you, I think of young mothers. I think of mothers who are single mothers trying to take care of children, trying to take care of a house, trying to take care of yourself in some way, provide for your family. I cannot imagine how exhausted that you get. You fathers or men that you're losing your job somehow, you cannot provide for your family. Or your boss just said, I'm sorry, but we have to close this, this business. You're a good employee, but I have to close this business. How exhausted, how tired, how discouraged you must be. Well, I just want you to know you're not alone. And Elijah felt this very way. And God did not condemn him, but, but, brought, but compassion was waiting for him. I am saying that to you right now.
Compassion, God's compassion, is waiting for you right now. So that angel, he said, get up, eat, drink. And then Elijah fell back to sleep. See that? Because verse 7 says, and the angel of the Lord came back. And the second time, and he touched him again. And he said, arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. Well, he had fallen asleep. Now he has to get up, eat, drink again. But what journey was he going on? Look at verse 8. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mount of God. So Elijah was not running from God, even though he was in a terrible situation, he was running to God. And sometimes when something happens, we start blaming God instead of running to God for the answer because he's the only one with the answer, the wisdom that he has, the mercy that he has, the compassion that he has that he wants to pour on us. Sometimes the enemy's pressing, and instead of running to God, we run from God. Are you running from God right now? God is waiting with a whole package of compassion to pour on you, just like he had for Elijah. You say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says that he's the same yesterday today and forever. Elijah was running to God. That's what I want to encourage you to do. Don't stay under the juniper tree. Don't stay under I'm ready to quit. Don't stay under I can't do this anymore. Even self-pity, you know, we're good at that too. But say, I'm getting up from here and I'm going to take a hold tackle the next assignment or the next power or the compassions that God wants to give me right now. Okay, so he runs to the Mount of God. Okay, now this food was so powerful that this journey, have you ever wondered how long it was? The journey was 180 miles and it took 40 days and 40 nights to get there. So in verse 9, and there he went into the cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of God came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, is that an amazing thing that God said? God didn't say, uh, Elijah, you are really a failure, but, you know, I see you running I don't understand why you don't have more faith. God didn't say that. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah, with that compassion? Have you ever maybe looked at your child or somebody that you love and they're struggling and, and you have so much compassion and love for them and you say, what, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. 
you belong with me. You belong in having a good home. You belong in being able to to eat and 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 everything to be well with you. You don't belong here. And I believe that's what God was saying to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? And look at Elijah's response. So Elijah said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. Have you ever felt like you're the only one? And they seek to take my life. Now look what happens. Then he said, go out, stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Can you imagine seeing that? But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Have you ever heard that still small voice? God wasn't in the fire. God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the strong wind that broke the rocks into pieces. God was speaking to Elijah, a still small voice. You see, Elijah was so discouraged he didn't need somebody yelling at him. He didn't need somebody, you know, telling him everything wrong he did. He needed someone close. And friend, that is what I want to talk to you about because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He lives in you. He he is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he wants our attention and the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us in that still, small voice. He knows we need to hear. You can make it. You can get through this. Don't quit. I haven't left you. I can get you through this. I love you. Whatever that still small voice says to you, that still small voice has spoken to me several years ago. Terrible situation. And I didn't know what to do. And I'm praying and praying and seeking God, seeking God. And I hear that still small voice. And you know what he said? He said, I've got this. I've got this. And friend, I took that word so deep into my heart 
that it helped me keep fighting and fighting and believing and believing. And do you know I absolutely saw the victory? And do you know that I absolutely saw that God is not a liar and that he absolutely did what he said and he said he got this, he had this, and he did have it. That's what you and I need to hear is that still small voice. So what happened to Elijah when he saw that still small voice? You would think that the fire, you would think that the earthquake, that he'd just crumble under all of that. No, he didn't hear God in any of that. He heard God in the still small voice. And the still small voice was so powerful. Look at verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, another voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? That voice, that still small voice, that presence of God was so wonderful. They're very quiet, but very wonderful, so powerful that Elijah, it says he took his mantle and he covered his head with this mantle. Have you ever heard that voice? And, and, it, and it just touches your heart so much that you just can't say a word. Well, that's where Elijah was. And that reaction that Elijah had is not unusual for people who experience the holy presence of God. Now, this is about angels, but the angels react the same way. This is in Elijah, uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2. And it says, Above it stood seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face. The angels could not look on the holiness of God. They had to cover their face. And Elijah, he's in the same way, that, that voice, that still small voice. It came and it touched him and it was so powerful that he had to cover his face. Now look what happens after he hears this still small voice. Okay, so God asked him again, Elijah, what are you doing here? Verse 14, and Elijah said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. So he's saying the very same thing as he said in verse 10. But something happens in verse 15 because Elijah has been touched by the presence of God. You and I can't be the same when we hear from God. If you're running from Him, I want to encourage you, run towards Him. Run towards His compassion. He wants to speak to you. There's no one that wants to lift you up more than He wants to lift you up. 
He bore your discouragement. He bore your depression. He bore your fear. He bore your confusion on his own body on the cross. And then he took it to hell and punished every one of them. He punished our sicknesses. He made them powerless. Sickness is powerless because of the blood of Jesus. As we take a hold and embrace that blood, that power, that presence, that's what Elijah did. He was touched by the presence and the holiness of God. And it touched him so much that he covered his head. But it did more than him just covering his head. Look at verse 15. And then it says, Then the Lord said to him, Go. Now, God didn't say go a few, a few uh, verses earlier because Elijah was so discouraged because he was exhausted because he was so afraid you hear his fear in telling God two times the same thing that he's running for his life and he's all alone you hear his fear but after that presence, God spoke to him, and he said, go. You know, it's amazing to me. If you think about Elijah, think of him under that tree wanting to die, telling God, Lord, kill me. I'm done. I'm no better than anybody else. Just go ahead and kill me. And do you know how Elijah died? He didn't die. He was taken up in a rapture. He was walking on the earth. He did some more uh, miracles and, and anointing kings and things after this happened. And after that happened, he was walking on the earth and a chariot of fire, a chariot of Fire. Can you even imagine something so amazing as a chariot of fire coming out of the sky and just picking you up and taking you away? But that's what happened to Elijah. But Elijah, remember, he was ready to die. He was ready to give up. He was ready to say, I'm done, Lord Kill me. I know better than anyone else. But those were lying emotions because he was exhausted. But what was the truth? God had much more for him to do. I'm saying that to you. If you're discouraged, you want to give up. Maybe you're that single mom that you just don't know if you can do it anymore. You're doing all that you can do. Maybe you even start to think about the future and it doesn't even look good. You, you know, in our mind, we start to think about things that aren't good. We start to imagine things that aren't good. We start to imagine some terrible end of our life or some terrible end of somebody's life that we love or that we're going to lose everything. That was just like Elijah. Elijah. 
but it wasn't the truth. And friend, don't listen to those aligned motions. Receive the compassions of God. Just like Elijah, God has more for you. It's probably not a chariot of fire, but it is a future and a hope. And that's what God says in his word. And we have to go with his word. He says that I have not called you to calamity and awful things to happen, but to a future and a hope. And he poured out his own life for us on that cross to bring us through every difficulty and every struggle and every trial. He took it upon himself so he could bring you and I into victory. We do not have to end up at the juniper tree. But if we're at the juniper tree, seek the Lord. Don't run from the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seek his goodness. Seek his truth in his word. Spend more time with him if you can. He's not a liar. He's completely faithful. And he's going to bring you through. Father God, I pray for my friend right now that they would reach out and just take the compassions and the help from the Holy Spirit that is there for them right now. We take your compassions. I'm praying with you right now, friend. We take your compassions and your help, Holy Spirit, right now. We thank you for your presence. That presence will lead you and help you in this time. Well, I love you, and I am so thankful that I got to share my heart with you, and I'll see you next time. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include, Help! My mouth is making trouble for me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? for just $15 with genuine warmth and candor. Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer. The entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.